When there are three goals in the game, but nobody who scored meant to, it's That's So MLS, <laughs> a North American soccer podcast with myself, oh, Andrew Bates, and Nick Thornton. Hello. Nick, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm better than uh, any one of those defenders, that's for sure. <laughs> Jeez, that, what a, I had totally forgotten about that. Like, I know I have notes about that game, but I... Well, we're speaking of Dallas, a, Dallas, Seattle. What a hot dog of a match! <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff went on this week. Yeah, it was a very just like, oh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and then the much the uglier. Do we want to start on on Friday with uh, with the Vancouver Toronto game? Sure. Speaking of, uh, let's do it. Let's start there. So this was the um, this was the anniversary of the 1979 uh, NASL Soccer Bowl Championship won by the Whitecaps. Um, they had the 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 whole team, uh, many people from the the 79 team out there. Um, this was the whole reason why they brought the hoop back this year on the jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a strange. Slow, nothing game for so long uh, that the type of which I don't see that often. It ended up being the second one that I saw that weekend. Uh, uh, yeah. It reminded me a lot of a game that happened in Europe. I, I don't know if it's I, – I can't remember which, though. Um, mm. But, yeah, no. the, the, yeah, very little happened in, in, in this game, especially in the, in the like, first half. Yeah, I mean, I've been really pleasantly surprised by Mark DeSantos's uh, post game comments because I feel like I'm, I'm frustrated until I hear him speak, and I'm like, okay, well, at least we both saw the same thing because he called this uh, possibly like our worst half of soccer this season. I was like, okay, good. Second so or the first? It wasn't just me then. The first half. Yeah. Um, but there was, was like, no okay. But you know, if you don't concede a goal in your worst half of soccer, that maybe is not the worst thing that's ever happened. Sure, absolutely. Um, I've seen worse halves in MLS this year. I'll say that much. Yes, definitely. I don't know if I've seen worse from the Whitecaps, but mm-hmm. it was just. Uh, it was odd to me because it was also quite bad from Toronto as well. This is a one-one game. Vancouver scores their first goal on the 85th minute, which they had had so little in the ways of attacking ideas. And it really felt like they didn't have a great idea on this play either. Like all they really had to do was send Las Bangura up the pitch. And it, there was no finishing. There was no support for him. There was, he was not running into a part of the field where he was not being covered. Uh, but he got hacked down and, and that was enough for a penalty in enough for the first Vancouver penalty. Now, it surprises me that this happened on the 85th minute because, to my mind, the time period between 85th minute and when Toronto scores in the 90th minute is like three hours. Yeah. It yeah, felt I, like I forever. It really did. I mean, ultimately, for me, this game, I'm kind of just like, well, it, this is the kind of game you'd expect to see at this point in the season when they've just played so many games and perhaps... Uh, a point is the perfectly acceptable and fair result for two teams that really haven't been that good and 
two teams that really need a break. But uh, an entertaining game of soccer, it was not. No. I think really all we can say is, like, I guess it's good that goals were scored at some point, so it wasn't a total waste of everybody's time. And like like we've talked about before in some of these weak Vancouver performances, um, they still got the point. It's a home point, sure. but it's a home point against a, an Eastern Conference opponent. Uh, tough to, you know, you obviously want more, but uh, but like I said, we've seen worse. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's unfortunate to give up the goal. Um, the thing for me is, my two takeaways from this game is that... Um, it's a little unfortunate, the deflection off of Adnan, but this is four or five times now that there's been quite unfortunate plays where he's either given up the ball, made a wrong decision, or been in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I just... I'm not necessarily saying it is time, but I'm just asking the question of, like, at what point do those start to pile up where you go, okay, is the negative, is the deficit bigger than the, the surplus in terms of what he's providing? And that may just answer itself because with his uh, loan coming rapidly to a close here and apparently some clubs with deep pockets seeming to chase be chasing his signature also, uh, it might just be a case that we look fondly back at this time as, wasn't it great that time we had Adnan, of a player of that quality, and we can think, oh, to what could have been. However, you know, he definitely has cost been pretty much solely responsible for at least four or five goals against us that have cost us points. So uh, it doesn't take away from what a talented player he is. I don't, but w- before my second point, what is that fair? Is that? Anon has been a very positive uh, force in the Whitecaps in attack. Um, I think that and, and he is a defender, so that's kind of an issue. But it's yeah. like, uh, I kind of feel with a player like him, you... You look and, and, and say, in some situations, he's a defensive liability. If we had other, like, key... And, but from the from the moment that he came in, he has improved the Whitecast play overall. Uh, because in those first two games before... The first few games before he uh, made his debut this season, it was a lot worse than it is now. I think that it shows the lack of sort of a real anchor defender on the Whitecast back line. Like... Like, he has to be that, and he also has to be, like, something that energizes the offense. And I don't think he can be both things. I agree. I mean, I would say that Henry is the anchor, but, of course, he was away this match, so... Yes. I, yeah. Okay, my second point is um, Toronto's midfielder, Liam Frazier, the homegrown product. I was the one bright spot in this game to me was Liam Fraser, who I was just like, where is, where is they, like, where have they been hiding this player this whole time? Um, and apparently they haven't been hiding him. They've been very keenly aware that they need to get him into the starting lineup and getting him involved because he, he was, for me, the bright spark to Toronto here and the one sign of life that for a young midfielder to have that uh, much presence of mind, the, creative, the creativity, um, the positional play, I thought was really, really high caliber for such a young player. So that, for me, is is the player to watch moving ahead, especially with um, the Canadian men's national team ramping up for Gold Cup action. Another uh, uh, another momentous occasion in the league uh, this week 
was on Saturday when Columbus said goodbye to Zach Steffen, uh, their mm. goalkeeper who is going to Manchester City um, with a 2-2 draw against New York City. Yeah, it really is the end of an era. It was kind of weird to uh, to think that, like, you know, we're not going to be talking too much about Zach Steffen anymore. Um, certainly there's some great goalkeeping this weekend that we can talk about. Um mm. It was good for Columbus to get a point out of this. This was a game that I thought another one that just <clears throat> wasn't a great performance for either, but Columbus just so desperately needed a point, points of any kind. Um, it was certainly better from Columbus, but now, of course, without Iguain, I'm there's just really appearing to be some, some big holes, but I, I guess you could argue that even with Iguain on the pitch, their play was still lacking in a lot of areas. Right, so is this the last uh, Iguain? So he's now got his surgery, and he wasn't here. This is his. Uh, this is this is the beginning of his long absence. Yes, uh, he will be definitely out until the uh, at least the end of the season. Mm-hmm. The ACL surgery. Um, um, you, I liked the it, first goal. I thought it was very funny, where uh, <laughs> you have the 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 Columbus attacker kind of. Uh, is able to position himself, is able to sort of have a little quick burst. The, he's almost a step behind the the defender, but he's able to position himself between the defender and the ball as the defender is doing a tackle. So he kind of gets up in the... He kind of just, like, gets up in the gears of the attacker and creates a penalty. Regardless of whether or not there was a, 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 an obvious goal-scoring opportunity or even an obvious... Uh, playmaking opportunity of any kind. Yeah, uh, for me this was a bit of a, a light penalty, but I, one of those ones where you're kind of like, well, there's just such a tangle of legs going on, you could call it either way, and you probably have to say, well, I, I guess that's a fair call. Um, but a, a little silly. <laughs> uh, Columbus get that one, um, but uh, on the 28th, Minute, uh, but in the second half, you have uh, Tajiri Shradi uh, releasing Eber with a with a great ball to get that equalizer, and sneaking between like th- no fewer than three defenders. I think it just like it take nothing away from uh, him, but the defenders just ugh, ouch. <laughs> Four minutes later, Pedro Santos, the other end of the uh, uh, the field. David Ackham uh, hits him with the pass from across the top of the box. Um, and Valentin Castella- Castellanos uh, is the one that uh, sums it all up in the 76th minute with just a huge... Now, he had a lot of time to prepare for it in the defense is yeah. letting him do it because they, you know, they don't think it's necessarily... You know, I guess they say on commentary that, you know... In that scenario, you let the guy shoot with the thought that it's going to be a low percentage shot, but he just unleashed a cannon all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, you see Stefan afterwards was none too pleased with his defenders and or his midfielders that nobody stepped up to, to close the space on that shot, which I think, you know, you have every right to be angry. I think that is the kind of thing you have to step up to and at least put a little bit of... Um, challenge on the ball, close that space a little bit. Like, don't... I guess two things. One, you don't expect a player to hit that kind of shot. But two, ah. 
is um, they will hit that kind of shot if you're making absolutely zero effort to close down the space and you allow them to have that kind of shot. So mm. uh, nobody quite expects them to do that. However, yeah, as a goalkeeper, I would expect a player's at least uh, making some effort to close down that space and make it a little bit more difficult for him to essentially take a 35-yard free kick. It was, in a sense, you know, it's, it's, it was probably disappointing to have that be the type of game that you send Zach Steffen away with. If you look at the numbers, uh, they've got uh, 13 shots total, 40 shots each on target, same number of shots, but with... Uh, New York having uh, 61.4% possession. Uh, so so New York had the, the the lion's share of it the whole way through, basically. Um, and Columbus was still able to create as much. Yeah, and I think a, lar- a large amount of that has to do with Pedro Santos. I still think he's by far Columbus's best player. And for me, the 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 player to continue to watch that is going to be turning the crank for them and the player in which they need to be building the attack off of that they need to be getting Santos on the ball as much as possible because he's not just the creative element, but he's able to get goals himself as well. Uh, the other New York team had a four, nothing win against RSL. Um, <laughs> negating everything that we said about RSL, Last week. Well, actually, no, sorry, I guess reinforcing it, because what we've said all along is that if they can be consistent, they'd be great. And then after a pretty good week, um, I'm not sure. Were they technically there for this game? I didn't see I know, any baby. travel delays, but I didn't. it was hard to see any RSL players that really turned up for this I game. I saw one. He was in yellow, and he was in the goal. And he was Nick Romando, who at first... You know, I, I talk a lot about we talk a lot about this this chaos style of New York, um, and at first it really seems as though Romando kind of has this fast like the the fast patch passing or switches across the area. Uh, he's still able to track it all because he's a tremendously good goalkeeper, especially positionally. I mean, that's you're not you can't be that small of a goalkeeper and be that good without having an exceptionally good positional read of the game. Um, and he's able to get across his own goal so well. But in fairness, I guess, RSL is in this uh, game for the better part of 60 minutes. Like, yep. th- this is the kind of game where you just think, wow, New York Red Bulls must have just destroyed them for the whole match. However, it's really only the the last third of it in which they come to life, where um, th- that first own goal just seems to... <laughs> like undo the stitches and all the stuffing comes out because uh, I believe it's like no less than six minutes after that own goal, they're all of a sudden down 3-0. Yeah. Well, it's after a-, a game that for 60 minutes that they weren't in control of, but they, they certainly looked like they were able to hold their own against a team that on paper is definitely better than them. Concentration and, and momentum in games like this is real. Um, yeah. You you have this own goal where they they roll it into the middle and somebody gets there too late and knocks it into the box. I really appreciated uh, the the commentator at this point says if you just throw balls at the net something good is going to happen. Which I think turn that into Latin and put a picture of Danny Royer shooting and <laughs> rebounding to Bradley Wright Phillips and that could be like the dedication plaque for their stadium. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well put. Yeah, I mean, for New York Red Bulls, this is a great effort, and they're, you know, they're definitely turning their season around after a very slow start and, and showing what they can do without some of their star players. The other players have risen to the occasion. It's nice to see that defensively they've cleaned things up a lot. Um, for me, Sam Jones, the new DP for RSL, and Corey Baird in this one, they just both need to be better. Um, that they had chances, and there's, I thought, at least one or two that in the first half, if RSL could have gotten a goal in, there, this would be a very different game, perhaps even a winnable one. And instead, um, I really feel like this is one where, yes, New York Red Bulls, by just applying pressure for that long, is eventually going to score something or get lucky. But on the other side of things, when RSL had chances, they didn't take them. And especially from Jones, it's just been a really disappointing start for him at RSL to see uh, a lack of commitment, a lack of decision-making, and a lack of finishing ability. You know, every player deserves a chance to settle in, but at this point, you'd certainly be thinking... Um, he'd be a little bit more clinical in the finish. I think that what is so interesting uh, about RSL in another team that I kind of wanted to talk about this week, um, mm. which was San Jose, is mm-hmm. that when we talk about parity um, in in somebody, I saw the, the individual on Twitter that uh, completes the parity square every year where it's like uh, you you see where one team has lost to another team. And you can go all the mm-hmm. way around the league to find a team that beat someone else in the league. Um, people talk about this in relation to the salary cap, but I think that the strange X factor at MLS is that there are so many teams wandering around that are so inconsistent. Because to me, that's not necessarily a, a, by, a byproduct of the money that you're spending on players, although certainly high-quality players are more consistent. Um, mm-hmm. You can have, you know... That's also a byproduct of coaching and um, the home stadium and the city you live in. And, and like, there are so many things that can make a a team at any level consistent. And there are so many uh, teams that are running around MLS that can look garbage one week and amazing the next week. Yeah, it's it's very true. And, And it's just, it is sort of baffling to think, like, well, what... What happened here? <laughs> like we we seem to ha- we seem to be doing things okay, and now all of a sudden, here we are. And a team like that is going to turn around. Like when's the next when's the next RSL game? Uh, we're about to head into a little bit of an international break, so the next RSL game is uh, at home against LAFC on the 11th. It's like, you know, well maybe LAFC is going to blow them out, but it's like you could almost see that. You could, you could, in your mind, imagine the 2-2 that that becomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, or, or, you know, indeed, like the, the one nothing that Vancouver had against that team as well. Um, it's so hard to predict. This San Jose game, I wouldn't say mm-hmm. that they're in... They, they've had so, so many of these amazing results, um, basically based on uh, Chris Wondolowski just sort of waking up and, and beginning to produce like we know he can. Um, but I wouldn't call them like a good team in the way that Philadelphia is a good team or that mm-hmm. Colorado occasionally threatens to be a good team. This is a team that has some ability to 
uh, to having great performances uh, on a on, you know on their on their day, and when they welcome in uh, when they go to visit DC United, you think that that is not going to be their day, um, but they snag the one one uh, away draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with all the the above points. Um, DC is a perfect example of this, where a team that is a big spender that's week to week this season. We just don't know what to expect from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they bring the heat and sometimes not so much. And it it comes down to uh, fine lines, as an old friend of (laughs) Um, me, Who popped up in the news recently? He had a little interview. I don't know if you saw that. It's true, yeah. (laughs) The the ghost of Rabo appeared this week. Um, Vega, for me, in in San Jose, their goalkeeper has just been absolutely outstanding. I mean, this game could have been 5-1 if not for him, who just had some incredible, incredible saves. Um, But then DC just switches off, and, I mean, Wondolowski's just left alone to probably score the easiest header he's scored in a long time. Um, just this tiny little glancing nod to to level things off. Um, it helps that his it helps that his fellow attacker Burnbaum was getting elbowed in the face. So if Wando couldn't make it to the, and I think that he does a great job actually. You know, it is he's not being covered particularly well, but mm-hmm. he is kind of like a foot behind where he needs to be to get to the ball, and is able to see that and get there in time. Um, but. Indeed, had he not been able to make that happen, uh, there would have been a penalty anyways. Because we just don't we 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 were so focused on that we we just don't notice this guy getting pasted in the face with an elbow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's still looking awfully sloppy from DC. Um, you know, San Jose has really been able to turn things around, and obviously, this is a massive point for them. Um, uh, there's still a lot of things in San Jose's play that really just leave a lot of question marks for me and, and make me think, okay, well, how far is this team really going to be able to go this season? However, in a very short period of weeks, they've been able to claw themselves off the very bottom of the table and put themselves in, you know, a pretty respectable place. So, well done to them. But this is where your, your piece about coaching becomes so crucial. Um, that this is a time in the season where you really rely on being able to get results out of what you have, not out of uh, dreaming about your your lineup, your dream lineup that is not going to arrive. Now all of a sudden, San Jose is eighth in the league um, with 18 points, and you know it's doable. There's a way in to the playoffs for them, which is wild to think about. The uh, it's Birnbaum is the elbower, by the way. I I, I don't want to. Uh, he's not the elbowee. He plays for DC right. United. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I definitely think that it's so in, like it's so interesting to think of where they stand so far, uh, San Jose, um, and where they could go when when the window opens up. I mean, they're still not in a different financial situation than than the last time. We we saw them, but they are a point out of the mm-hmm. playoffs. Yeah, it's so Vancouver. And RSL mm-hmm. is RSL is catchable, but this those it's sort of like Minnesota on twenty one, RSL on nineteen, San Jose on eighteen, Whitecaps on eighteen. I would say that RSL, San Jose, and Vancouver are close together. 
in 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 maybe in quality. Uh, RS that might be unkind to RSL a little bit because you could also say that they could be similar to Minnesota on their day, but yeah, I I think that they're all similar in terms of like if you took an average of well in, indeed the points is kind of the average of it uh-huh. um, of all three. I think defensively the best one is Vancouver, who ironically out of the three teams is the lowest in the table. Um, <laughs> but they've conceded the fewest goals and overall as a team have looked like the more complete product. However, um, both RSL and San Jose have been much better at actually scoring goals. So um, work to do for both sides, but I think they are also three sides that we see the value in having good coaches who are able to take what they have work with it to produce some results and um given the inconsistency of some of the goal scorers or the expected goal scorers of rsl and san jose earthquakes to be able to find solutions to that uh i think is 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 great um in almeida's case it's a little easier because their goal scoring solution is mls's all-time leading goal scorer did you know uh that the the 1979, or that the the Vancouver Toronto was not the weekend's only Vancouver Whitecaps alumni game. I did not know that. Well, in Colorado, Cincinnati, you oh. saw you saw a combination of so many former names that used to play for the Whitecaps that have now uh, oh, I see what you did towards, that. A... Uh, trickle down to, towards the various sides. You have uh, Spencer Ritchie, Stone, and Kai Kamara. Very early. Uh, Shinyashiki gets the first goal for uh, Colorado. But then Mane comes in and gets the equalizer for Cincinnati. Uh, you have... Uh, then Mesquita gets a, a cheeky redirect also off Richie. So you have uh, so much Whitecaps interplay that are all players who played together over the last two years for that team. And I was just very uh, uh, amused by this. Yeah. 3-1 was the final. 3-1 was the final result. Great from uh, Kakuta Mane. We've talked about him needing to be consistent uh, and have the, the finishing product. It was nice to just see him do that. Um, it was nice to see him get a goal without having to turn on the jets and, and use his pace, but actually just use his uh, his calm and, and do the right thing, make the right decision on that ball. Um I mean, for me, I'm just like, okay, well, at least this is good for Colorado to pick up three points. Um, Cincinnati's also playing New York City right now, which I'd forgotten about. They are currently losing 3-1 at the half. Um, It is happening again. It's happening again. We were talking about uh, uh, challenging defenses, so let's talk about this game that we referenced in the intro. Uh, FC Dallas 2, Seattle 1, all three goals, own goals. Yeah. Or that's, deflection. Uh, what, what more do you want to say about it? That's kind of, that's a good summary. Raul Ruiz Diaz is a uh, game winner. Uh, or no, not game winner. The, uh, yeah, who knows who scored what goal for whom? Ruiz Diaz was given his own goal, but it did come off in somebody else's boot. Right. Uh, Dallas gets these two uh, own goals. In the very close together in the first half, two um, own goals don't make a right. They do not. Uh, the first one is not the worst. It's it's yeah. sort of uh, you've you've got 
somebody is is trying to head in a, a ball and in I think that maybe is one of the ones where if the if the player isn't there it's probably going in anyways. Mm-hmm. Um the second one, Brad Smith is charging in and basically oh. kicks the ball into the own goal. You know, you this hate is, to see this it. is one this is one where I'm going to like Brad Smith of all people. I mean you've got one of the most experienced defenders in MLS that just they're like, what exactly <laughs> is this play, sir? Well, I think the other thing that everybody, you know, it's so easy, and I certainly did this too, to focus on the ongle aspect, that it was one of these quick restart uh, set play attempts. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably compounding it, even though they don't, they didn't necessarily have, you know, they're like, just like we, just like they drew it up on the training ground, they say at first when it goes in. Well, I'm not sure you can plan for, like you say, the most the, one of the most experienced defenders in MLS kicking it into his own goal. Don't yeah. know that that's how you drew that one up. Um, but certainly they attempted to start very quickly after a free kick, um, and they uh, uh, they moved fast. And in the confusion, that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, again, another question about consistency is like, well, what Seattle are we going to see this week? And what Dallas are we going to see this week? Like, who's going to show up and, and what's going to happen? These two teams are just so hard to peg right now in terms of what's going to be happening and what their chances are. Um, and we'll talk about the other Seattle game in a moment. <laughs> yeah, what's, so what's going on? Yeah, Seattle, we can talk about uh, Montreal-Seattle now. Well, really, this is kind of... Uh, a tale of two penalties and not a lot else, but this is one where, at least in my uh, long-suffering sort of half-hearted um, MLS fantasy attempts this year, I went, Seattle-Montreal? Me, I think I'm going to load up on some Seattle players, thank you very much. And, of course, Montreal decides to all of a sudden keep things interesting for us and somehow come away with three points in this one, too. Uh, mostly through Tidera's efforts. So, I thought Arudi also looked nice here, even though he didn't have the. Um... Yeah, Arudi had a good game. Um, you know, Impact is now without Piatti for the entire season as well. So another player that they're gonna is that whole season, or I thought that was ten oh, weeks. I think it's ten weeks. Sorry, I'm yeah, you're right. Not the whole season, but a, a bad injury that's leaving him out for at least a couple of months. So they're having to come up with answers, but. I gotta give you again. Just when you think Montreal's out of it, they're able to grab three points against none other than Seattle. So go figure. I gotta give you some credit here because uh, I complained about the grass at Saputo Stadium early in the season, and you said it's dormant grass. It plays fine. It's all right. It's just tiny grass. Tiny grass is dreaming. Do not disturb its dreams. Uh, it looks fine. It yeah. looks really great now. <laughs> I love that this is the thing where I fi- you're finally going to give me an inch is about my grass knowledge. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not complaining. I'm not. Yeah, no, pitch looked real good. Montreal looked okay in this. Seattle, uh, it's just, you know, spin the wheel at this point for them. Um, I think they they definitely need to bring in some uh, a little bit more to lead the attack. Uh, Will Bruin's been all right. But Seattle week to week is is just a big old who knows what team you're going to get and how things are going to shape up. However, they're sitting in third place. Um, 
they haven't had too many horrible games, so if you're going to be inconsistent, it's probably not the not the they're I don't think they're overly concerned at this point. They don't look like a team that needs to overhaul or make any major changes. Um, just week to week, you're not quite sure exactly what you're going to get with them. I think that you know they're they're they are, however, a pretty big team um, when it comes to the transfer market. So like like in terms of like a destination where yeah. you know the the window is about to open for MLS. The European season is open. As always, some uh, wild names are being thrown around. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing just just looking at the website now. I'm seeing for Inter Miami, Luis Suarez, James Rodriguez. Everybody, everybody with the name is getting mentioned. Um, yeah. So so it's hard to it's hard to parse the, the details of that. And and I wouldn't in in such a confusion, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Seattle on the on the receiving end of one of these deals. Um, Potentially, yeah. We had some more games with uh, uh, that were not low scoring, that were back and forth, but but not low scoring affairs. One of them was Portland LAFC. Mm-hmm. This this for me was the game that I was I was most looking forward to, and and was kind of the most disappointed by as well this this week. What was your takeaway from it? Well, this is the uh, the opening. I guess at first, looking looking at it, I couldn't tell what the differences were to the stadium. But then I went and uh, this is their their long renovation has been complete, um, and uh, and they've added four thousand seats, and mm-hmm. a nicer looking roof. Uh, so this was supposed to be sort of where they would like to um, where they want to hang their hat. And very early on, uh, Velo gets that goal. That, uh, yeah, that just, puts him behind. Yeah, the 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 absolute gift from Antonella, who just really farfs it up six minutes in and, and gifts Villa a goal, sort of to me sums it up. Because what have we said about beating LAFC this season? Is is just that you need to be defensively switched on and not give them an inch. And for me, if this mistake doesn't happen, Portland has a way to at least get a draw out of this match and potentially even win it because they sort of get back into this game late. So it was good to see from Portland to keep themselves in it and and find some answers later in the match, but it's too little too late. And you have to think that, again, without the mistake from Matinella early on um, and then a fantastic goal from Rossi as well, then... Maybe this is a different result, but yeah, uh, you, this is also one you know when you talk about you know making sure that you don't give LA an inch. Not only is there that six-minute goal, but um, so Rossi scores in the first half, and then immediately seconds into the second half, Portland score. It's two-one. You're on a nicer footing now, and then eight minutes later, Latif Blessing comes in. And, uh, and knocks in a goal with his head, and and puts an end to that. And you just had to be more. If you were gonna hope to make a comeback, you had to be more resolute than that. Yeah, and this really underscores the ability of LAFC and why they're so difficult to play against. Is I mean, Latif Blessing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Started at left back, and uh, not at LAFC, but in his previous incarnations, and now he's playing midfield. And this is a brilliant play because he switches it out to Jordan Harvey. It's this long diagonal ball that finds Jordan Harvey. Jordan Harvey 
runs in, crosses it back in, and Latif Blessing runs into space and is able to knock it in. Mm -hmm. So I almost give Latif Blessing credit for his own assist there because he's the (laughs) presence of mind to get it out to Harvey to get him the cross, and Harvey's going to hit those perfectly timed crosses again and again and again. Um, Fernandez is able to pull one back, and you see his quality again in this game where um, you see LAFC's defensive cracks showed just for a moment, but too little, too late, and then a whole with, lot of handbags swinging at the end. With Blessing, can you can you get a second assist on your own goal? That seems like it should be possible. I feel like if it's you, like if it's your second assist, you should be able to. You should be given. Mm. The uh, um, uh, with with Fernandez, the thing I want to mention about that goal is that it's a bicycle kick goal in a losing effort. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to this later. Why? <laughs> well, why don't we do? Why don't we come back to it now for? L.A. Galaxy versus New England Revolution. Oh, right. Oh, um, never change, MLS. Never change. <laughs> beautiful bastard. Which I recall, uh, if you want to talk about inconsistent teams or, or teams where you would never uh, expect a certain result based on uh, going circumstances, New England come to L.A. The the return, I believe, I, I know that he was, he was debating it, so... The return of Bruce Arena uh, mm-hmm. to LA Galaxy's uh, home ground, the and and he is able to uh, to take three th- the three points from it after Christian Pena gets that first goal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Till Bunbury, our favorite Teal's unsung back. hero, is this, back. This is like the first Pena's uh, goal. He, he's able to sort of like. Um, well, Pinilla for that reason, for that uh, matter too. Pinilla has been kind of off the radar. He gets behind the deep, so behind the radar that he's just behind the defense, and it's not a problem. <laughs> uh, and he is—he has a, a shot that you don't see all the time, which is that he shoots it directly at the keeper, and it hits the keeper, and still goes in. But not like a yeah, it just not, kind not of like goes election. through Bingham's hands. Yeah, yeah, it just like it. Bingham gets there, and it just leaks through somehow. The uh, the galaxy are, are saved by you know a, a ball off the crossbar. Teal gets one. Uh, he he gets the ball in the break and he's again kind of ahead of the markers. Uh, New England hit the crossbar again, so it could have been at four by this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they just car- they just carve up Galaxy's defense in this game. It di- like um, I know that people are probably getting tired of my uh, my Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> but defensively, this just highlights how bad they were. It was just painful to watch how easy it was for New England to to get into this one. And it really underscores the fact then that like when Zlatan's bicycle kick finally comes and you get a classic Zlatan moment of there's nothing on. There's zero chance of a goal happening until the ball comes into Zlatan and he takes it off the chest, then kicks it up to himself and scores a bicycle kick. But it doesn't matter because you've defended. <laughs> you've given up two goals. So this is like, a thing. I'm going through the highlight packages, and it's like Slatan scores golazo, and it's like, but he lost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I put in my notes a bicycles look nice, but a Ferrari will get you there faster. I'm not sure what I meant at the time, but I think it was the case of sometimes just fast players running at slow defenders is more effective than trying to the, get the one-time beautiful highlight real goal. Um, 
LA, you know, LA's sitting comfortably in third place in the West, which is still completely mind-boggling to me. But their their defense is just the, this for me was inexcusably bad. It was just so so easy for New England to to get through. Uh, credit to them for doing it and getting the goals, but ouch. L- uh, LA do hit their own, like, you know, as they're trying to make this push to make it 2-2, they do hit their own crossbar, which you could either look at it by saying, well, at the very least, they had, an, you know, they, they were able to try and put that pressure on late and in, they got real close, or you could look at it as they lost 2-1 on goals and 2-1 on crossbars. Yeah. Like, there's, there's definitely more than one way of looking at this one, but I ultimately think Galaxy was lucky they didn't lose this game 4-1. I mean, they still lost it, but... Two teams that I think actually uh, deserve praise for their consistency this year um, are Minnesota and Philadelphia, especially Philadelphia. A team yep. that we remember as from past years as a team that has done poorly, but it is in possession of... in sole possession of number one in the East um, and is able to find a way to come away from the three... Uh, from Minnesota with three points... In a two-three, uh, three-two win. Mm-hmm. I I was really impressed with this game. I uh, I I definitely thought Philadelphia had the slight advantage going into this one, um, having been the more consistent team. However, we've seen how good Minnesota can be, and I thought Minnesota gave a very good account of themselves. Uh, but Philadelphia ultimately was just a little better. And if you need a difference splitter between two good consistent teams then why not have your young centre-back hit a striker's goal to win it for you? <laughs> Good old trusty. Austin trusty. He's so, like, you know, every time that there is a major goof by trusty that results in him getting sent off and you think, why is he even here? Uh, he then steps up and wins games. Um, yeah. He, it, it, on, on defence as well as his offence. It's, uh, it's, it's a marvel to see. Trusty and trusty. Yeah, but to to your point about consistency, I thought that despite it, you know, I don't always look at games with five goals as really being uh, all that good, but I thought both teams overall did quite well. There weren't any really bad giveaways in this one. I think all the goals were deserved, and it was just two good teams slogging it out, uh, playing a good game of soccer and taking their chances, so... For me, this was a really positive sign for both teams. Minnesota, of course, will be disappointed that they don't get anything out of this good performance, but it shows where they're at at this point in the season to be going toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the East and and show that they're not completely out of it. Minnesota led uh, 29-14 in shots because they had 14 block shots. So major, major props to the, the Philadelphia defense on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. I think our remaining uh, league game is. Oh no, we got two. I think the 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 three. Atlanta the Atlanta two nothing game. Yes, three. And then we got Orla- uh, Atlanta, Orlando, and Houston SKC. Although there's not much to too much to say about that one. Yeah, that that was a one one. Let's 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 say that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, the. Uh, with with you still see a lot of their attackers that have so many like good ideas, but they weren't able to really make it work. I thought SKC looked True. nice on defense on this one. Um, yeah. uh, Atlanta had a very Atlanta performance. 
in uh, in Atlanta in their way to a two nil uh, home win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, overall, a much closer to the Atlanta we all know and love. Uh, we all love Atlanta, right? <laughs> Chicago um, doesn't. They, uh, you know, after that, uh, after that, they result. sure don't. But I mean, one of the nice things here is that you know, of course, Joseph Martinez is used to scoring goals, but this was just uh, highlights how many different ways he can, in fact, score goals. That. He just plays so tight in between those center backs at times. You know, he can break at speed. Um, he can come in from the wing and cut in. He, he's so capable. But this one, he just, you know, he's playing so tight to the center backs. He actually waits to celebrate that first goal because he's kind of looking over to the fourth official like, just come on, I'm just waiting for the flag to go up and for you to say this is offside. But he just rides that line and times his runs perfectly and is rewarded for it in this game. One of the one of the few times so far, unless I'm wrong, which I might be, that uh, that I've seen uh, Pity Martinez and Joseph Martinez working well together. It's definitely taken uh, a while for it to come off um, or I guess maybe come together. But, yeah, I, I think that this looked like a, a better performance of the two actually linking up. That in the past we've seen great individual efforts from both players, but not both together and helping each other in that one. I think that's that's a fair assessment of it. We talked about Montreal's win uh, midweek this week. Uh, they also lost 3 nothing to Orlando at home. Uh, I didn't really feel that the, the first goal is conceded by a penalty. I didn't really feel it was much. Um, no. there was neither intent nor consequence, uh, from, from the player. I think that one is, uh, is it a handball or is it a, is it a, is it one where he kind of gets his, his, uh, he does a little push. I forget. It's, it's awfully early in the match and, but I agreed that it was not, there wasn't much in it, um, and it just makes it easy for a player like Nani, who has missed a couple of penalties, but made no, uh, didn't make it complicated on that one. The the second goal for me is I, I forget the midfielder, but he just gets completely pantsed. Like just <laughs> as a midfielder, you need to be more aware if you're certainly playing with your back to uh, your opponent, um, and and Mueller just slides it over to Akindele and. It just can't be this easy to get scored against. It's just, it's like from that moment in the midfield giveaway, Montreal's just like, oh no, well, I guess this is a goal, and just sort of watch as Orlando scores it. It is um, so okay. easy to beat MLS teams on the break. Yeah, and, and I just, from a team like Montreal, I don't quite get it. I've, I've seen it happen to other teams, but, you know, this is a back line with some experience, and talking about consistency is like Samuel Samuel Piet from week to week I don't know whether to love or love him or hate him he, he's just some games you're like I, I have no idea why this player is on the pitch and then he has other games where he's just quietly putting in the work blocking shots breaking up midfield plays and is so so good in this game he was god awful um I I'd put before this the second result for Montreal I mean they're without Piatti I believe Sagna's out now as well Sanya um so they were able to make a tone for it later on. Um, but this was just really a lot of them looking futile, no? Mm. I I agree. And, and we saw them 
we saw them kind of recover. Um, that, I think, was it for, for MLS stuff. I wanted to mention in Canadian Premier League slash Canadian Championship action. In mm-hmm. midweek, we had this amazing uh, Calvary FC, Forge FC, uh, first regular game, where uh, they're very late in the game. Um, uh, Roberts, I had this written down, uh, comes down in... in uh, the goalkeeper for for Hamilton absolutely mm-hmm. sights down the Calgary uh, the Calgary scorer. Uh, there was lots of complaints about it, but the the player gets sent off. They've already got their three subs, uh, so we have to see a rare instance of a position player wearing a goalkeeper jersey. As a matter Love of it. fact, he just takes Quillen Roberts' shirt and puts it on, and uh, and almost saved the penalty. He went he went in the right direction. It's about as good as you can expect from uh, an outfield player doing that. Um, you sent me this clip and I was just like, okay, I, I saw some Twitter mumblings about this and it just gets a, all a little bit too uh, ridiculous at the end there. I guess there was a call that somebody had a high boot on or a high kick on Becker. Um, yes. But I also, I don't like seeing a player like Becker getting in the referee's face and hovering around for far too long after that call. I think that he was lucky to stay on the pitch after that one. Um, and it, it's it's unfortunate in lower league play, you want to see things be a little bit cleaner. But for me, I'm okay with this call. I think it was the right call, and I don't quite get where all the controversy is coming from. I think the controversy, I think that it was the, I think that it was the right call. Like, like what they did in awarding the penalty was correct. I just thought it yeah. was, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. It was just good. definitely, and it, it creates rivalry. The the one thing that we don't want to see that creates rivalry is is the there has been an allegation that the assistant coach that was filling in um, that particular week uh, may have used a, a racial racial based taunt at one of the players on Calvary. Oh, so uh, uh. none of that, please. Yeah, that's. Um, well, the, uh, uh, Leeds Cup, they announced this, this terrible four, eight team competition The it's going to be the, like, you know, Superliga was already bad. Um, the, yeah. you know, from, from years past, you know, trying to, trying to magic up opportunities for MLS teams to play Mexican teams doesn't, I don't, I don't like it. Doesn't create the the four teams that are representing MLS are seemingly are invited. Mexico is selecting their teams for sporting reasons, and the MLS teams are like uh, Houston, RSL, Chicago, and LA. Yeah, I didn't even begin to make sense of this one, and I don't want to try. It just there's so many there's so many things going right for MLS and so much attention. Why are we doing this kind of thing? And it, it makes me angry because I remember receiving a poll at some point about, like, would you like to watch more competition between MLS sides and Liga MX sides? And I was like, no! I think we know what's going to happen. And, like, wh- just creating more stuff is not what we need. Ugh. It, it, the, the, the Champions League is the correct venue for this. In, in... Correct. And the way that they've set it up to to encourage you know fewer 
more knockouts uh, stages is is correct. I think. Um, <laughs> I like your your note here of just Mexican sides going to beat on the mid tier invitees from MLS. Is a, pr- <laughs> a very very precise. It's a little too on the nose there, but yeah, that's, that's going to be what. Do you want to watch your sort of slow friend get beat up for a while? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the one, um, one sort of sad news, uh, sad piece of news, is that Canadian referee Caroline Chenard um, is going to uh, was had refereed at the last two Women's World Cups and the last two Olympics. Um, she will have to drop out of the, the Women's World Cup. Um, because she's been diagnosed with breast cancer, so we wish her the best with that. Shenard uh, has, has been uh, huge at the international level. Um, you will have seen her at various levels um, at USL games and uh, NASL games. She also took charge of a Canadian Premier League game this season. Um, so a, a fixture in, in Canadian refereeing, and we wish the best. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's horrible news to to get, but uh, I'm I'm hopeful that she she'll get the the treatment she needs, and of course we'll all be pulling for her. Um, the Women's World Cup starts uh, as we're recording this tomorrow um, with the uh, uh, South Korea versus France in the opening game. Mm-hmm. The uh, Canada will be starting on Monday with their game uh, at four Atlantic. So I guess that makes it noon your time. Yeah. Uh, against Cameroon on Monday. With the, is here. They're in Group E against uh, New Zealand and the Netherlands. And they will also play New Zealand and the Netherlands. Uh, I honestly, we're also entering an international break. I suspect we'll talk about this in the in the next couple of weeks because mm-hmm. MLS is going to have a little, little break for the Gold Cup, uh, which I could care less about. Compared to the Women's World Cup, Agreed. I'm sure I'm sure I'll watch games, but like yeah. Montagliani, Victor Mont- uh, Concacaf president Victor Montagliani uh, said in an interview that he, the the big you know controversy is that the Gold Cup final and the Women's World Cup final are on the same day, and his answer is, "Oh, we just didn't know," which speaks to a type of neglect between the two sides that nobody thought to check these kind of things. And it's really Concacaf's loss because I don't care. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I'll be watching with one eye open on Canada to, of course, our men's team to see how they do. Uh, obviously, last Gold Cup they had a bit of a run there, and it will be exciting to see some of our uh, our younger players coming through and see what we do. But I I agree. I I don't want to be a, a bad national team supporter and say that I don't care, but I just don't care while the Women's World Cup is going on. Um, what are you hoping for in terms of uh, a result or in terms of, you know, uh, looking on as a, as a fan and a soccer commentator from this competition? One of the things I'm looking forward to is honestly just expanding my own knowledge. Um, admittedly, I've been pretty Canada-centric and, you know, with the occasional uh, look at the uh, U.S. women's national team. But outside of that, I feel like I've been sorely lacking in my attention to the other teams um, and seeing the quality of players there. Um, and the second thing I'm excited for, two words, Jordan Heidema. Yeah! Big big money transfer to PSG recently, and I'm excited to see 
you know, obviously Christine Sinclair has got some work to do to to break the all-time scoring record herself, but I think Jordan Heidema is in a great position to become the uh, future star of our national team. No pressure. Um, I just think she's a phenomenal, well-rounded player, and the types of players that the young players that are coming up through the system are just uh, a whole other caliber. And I think we're going to see really, really big shifts for the Canadian women's national team even faster than the men's national team. Four years ago when the tournament was held in Canada, Kadisha Buchanan was named Young Player of the Tournament. I would love to see that from uh, Haidema as well. Yeah. Um, this time around, or at least to just see what kind of, you know, if Canada is always very heavy on the foreshadowing, uh, subbing Haidema out for Sinclair whenever they have the opportunity to do so in friendlies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see her begin her story at the World Cup level. Um, I would say people ask me, you know, is Canada going to win? I don't, I, I hope so. Of course I would, I would love if they were, if they were to be contenders. Mm-hmm. I would say that the two things that I'm really, you know, looking forward to are the, uh, the possibility of Sinclair winning that, uh, you know, breaking that all time record. Yeah. I think that like she's four goals, she's three goals away from tying and four goals away from breaking Abby Wambach's record. That's is mm-hmm. what I understand is what, what the scenario is. It's taken her so long, and this is to the benefit of people like Heidema because she's been acting in a support position for the longest time. So, so even when you have games that are lopsided goal, like lopsided games where Canada wins for nothing, she is not scoring or getting one goal because she's playing a more, a, a still important but more laid back role in the team. Or a more, uh, a more, a more not laid back. Uh, said Hall. <laughs> I was gonna say, in more, I mean, more laid back for Christine Sinclair, and that she's like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna set some other players up here for goals. Where can we find you online while you're joining them? You can find me online on Twitter at that's so MLS with my new best friend JJ Adams, and <laughs> you can also find me on Instagram also at that's so MLS. Where can we find you? You can find me online at Team Bates, www.team-bates.com. I am an editor at Howler Magazine, whatahowler.com. And you can find this podcast at thatsomeless.com, um, Apple Podcasts, since iTunes is dead, and uh, anywhere uh, where you can find great podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Indeed. And until next time, don't get sent off.